Hi, I'm Heidi Bragg, and this is Life, Cancer, Etc. The goal of this podcast is to connect you with stories and resources that'll help you be happier, more resilient, and less stressed. Today, my guests, that sounds so formal. I'm talking with Tiffany Golding and Lauren Bales. Now, Lauren and I grew up together in Southeast Texas. We actually, our families moved from, were you guys in New Mexico or El Paso? I think El Paso, Paso, right? Because I remember that that Jesse and Sarah used to sing the fight song for Carlos Rivera Elementary School. (laughs) Uh, Rivera, I think. think. Carlos Rivera Elementary School. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. So Lauren's family and my family moved to Texas at the same time. Our parent, our, my mom and her dad had grown up down the street from each other. Yeah. But then when two families moved in at roughly the same week with large amounts of children, mm-hmm. have five at the time, six, I'm number six, you're six. So there were six of you and five of us. Cause mom was pregnant with Kate and two, um, LDS families are quote unquote Mormon families. People were all kinds of freaked out, had no idea which children belonged to whom, sometimes acted like we were a commune. It was delightful. Yeah. <laughs> South Texas in 1979. Is that right? Uh, yeah, I think it was Christmas time, 79, because I was. We were there Thanksgiving. We came Thanksgiving okay. break. All I know is I was past a year, but um, but I don't remember anything before Dayton. So, yeah, it was delightful. Okay. And then Tiff is her um, best friend. Co-mortgagee was the title that was given to me. That's right. It's official. <laughs> well, I didn't know. I didn't know if you guys were a couple or best friends or whatever. And I was trying to be sensitive whichever way that conversation went. But I wanted to know before. <laughs> I didn't step in any uncomfortable situation. And Well. Be like, no, we're partners. We just bought a house together. Although I don't always correct people just because it doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It really doesn't. But. I mean, she's clearly my favorite person, yeah. my emergency contact. All of those things. That's the standard we're using these days. I kind of like I guess, that. but you know, I mean, we have our own bedrooms. <laughs> I do. Not that that's any of my business, but I just, I, I just didn't know. And I, and I always want to be supportive of people's situations. And I'm like, but Lauren, I could just be like, is that a euphemism or did you really just buy a hop together? I just didn't know. So I don't want to offend anybody. Um, and then Tiff, when did you get, Tiff just got diagnosed with breast cancer. And I didn't, I didn't know this. Lauren's sister on Facebook was asking for chemo suggestions. And so I put some things down that had helped me. And then Lauren messages me and says, oh, P.S., that's actually my co-mortgagee, Tiffany. <laughs> and she's about to start treatment. And um, so then we started talking. And besides the fact that you guys are delightful, we, you know, we have some things in common. And I've really enjoyed our conversations. The reason I wanted to talk to you guys is, number one, Tiff just got diagnosed. And that's an interesting point in the process. It's like the deer in the headlights phase moving to a little bit of acceptance. Okay, what does this mean? Yeah. And I don't know. I just think that's a helpful stage at which to kind of 
talk with somebody and see what they're experiencing. And I appreciate you guys being gracious enough to go through this, particularly you, Tiff, because you could be like, screw you. I got cancer. <laughs> you played that cancer card for a long time. <laughs> um, okay, so first of all, how did you guys meet? Gosh. Well, uh, my sister uh, moved to Denver um, in 2008. And I had been college dropout for a long time. Then I went back to school. I finished my degree. I was planning on joining the Peace Corps. But in 2008, if you will recall, the economy was um, a little cuckoo. And so, so a lot more people were applying to the Peace Corps and the government could send way so it was stretching the time out a lot. And I had wanted to leave in August, um, but wasn't going to leave until December. They have to give you at least six weeks lead time. So I found out in October that I wasn't going to leave in December. And so I graduated from college. I was managing a restaurant and I was like, yeah, I don't want to be managing a restaurant. I want to go somewhere and serve and do something exciting and get me out of here. I've been studying too long. Um, and so I learned that wasn't going to happen. And so I just said to my family, hey, y'all, I don't know what I'm doing after December. Um, and Jesse messaged and said, well, come to Denver and help me with the kids. Cause she was expecting a baby. It was her sixth baby. Her husband was doing his executive MBA. And so he was quite busy and she had another baby come in and I had this time slot and she said, come to Denver and help me. And I thought about it overnight. And the next morning I'm on my way to the restaurant and I called Jess and I said, yeah, yeah, I'm totally coming to Denver. And she goes, awesome. Don't even pay attention to what Bridget said. I was like, what did Bridget say? <laughs> This is another sister. It's another sister who at the time was living in the south of France and had made the same offer. Shut up. <laughs> but I hadn't seen it. <laughs> and then I just came to Denver and, and um, awaited my Peace Corps invitation, which I came in January. The Peace Corps invitation finally came in March. But by then I had fallen in love with Colorado. I had met Tiff and we made so great fun. friends. And it was super fun. And I was like, you know, I'm going to not. <laughs> Okay. I know. And I just have to say, I would consider the way that we met, like, kind of uh, my own personal miracle. Like, the fact that Jesse and Steve would move into my ward and that Jesse would be also assigned to be my visiting teacher. And, like, <laughs> also, so the singles scene also sucks, obviously, sucks. when you're in the church. And, like, I had been not doing it for a while. And it's just like this little <clears throat> time period before she moved in that I had just started kind of going, Oh, I guess I'll go to single stuff. It sucks. But blah, blah, blah. So when she did move in, I was like, I met her at church. I'm like, well, maybe I'll, I don't know. I'm going to go to something. Maybe I'll just ask her. So I asked her to go to some stupid singles party with me. I'm like, Hey, do you want to go to single stuff with me? And I was like, Oh no, are you old enough to go to the older single stuff? Cause it's really traumatizing if you're not. <laughs> so, <laughs> and I said, my age starts with a three, right? It barely did. <laughs> my, age was, my age was about to start with a four the next year. And I'm like, oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm traumatizing you way too early in the game here. But, but it was the land of misfit toys. But um, it, is. It, was, it was super easy to, to hang out and chat with Tim. Yeah. And that's who I wanted to talk to at the party. <laughs> yeah. So, like, I just think, well, I don't know if I would have been because brave enough to be like, hey, you want to go do stuff? Because, you know. <laughs> yeah, but I, okay, while I was divorced, yeah. okay, for those of you who don't know, like a, a ward is like your congregation, kind of like your Sorry. parish. Yeah. No, I don't, no worries. I always, I tell later, 
I know later because people tell me, I didn't know what that meant. And I'm like, ah, crap. A ward is like kind of your parish. It's your congregation. In our church, they do it geographically. You don't just get to shop around and go wherever you want. They do have some special units set aside for people who are um, single so that they're not just in a congregation with a bunch of families and you're the only single person there. But some of those can, as Tiff said, be traumatizing. So it's fun when you're in college. And it's okay fun when you're just out of college, but but then it gets difficult. And the other uh, term Tiff used was visiting teacher. So um, we have this thing where basically you have a list of people that you're asked to just check in with each month. You can text them, you can call them, whatever, but just kind of making sure they're okay. It's a way of kind to, we have, we don't have any paid clergy. So it's a way of trying to meet the needs and keep up with everybody in the congregation and just let everybody know that they're cared about. And, and if they're, you know, if they've, if they're going to have a baby, if they're sick, if they're whatever, that you can let other people know so that they can help. Yeah. yeah. So Jess and Tiff met that way and knew that I was coming to town and then it just kind of worked. Yeah. Okay. So when did you guys buy this place? (laughs) Well, that was um, 2017. Um, She had a condo. I had a condo. And then, I like tired of living alone really. And, and, um, anyway, so it, so we thought, well, we like to travel together. What if we pulled our resources? That's crazy. Now let's think about it. Okay. Yeah. Let's do that. It's a good market right now. It's a good market. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do that. So we both moved into my parents' house while we sold our places. (laughs) (laughs) And while I finished my music degree, because I had decided what I really, really, really wanted to do was teach music. And so I was in school and, um, and uh, so it was, so it was a crazy time. Yeah, you realize how bizarre this sounds that it's neat that it all like worked out. Yeah. And from the pictures I've seen of the place, you guys have a nice place. So Yeah. yeah well, we've gotten to choose some things that yeah. that we couldn't have chosen necessarily by ourselves. And so. we're lucky that we have kind of the same taste and like the same things. We don't fight about anything. What we know, what we want to put in or what we don't want to put in. And yeah, it's just it's worked really well. So Okay, so that you've had this for three years, roughly. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah, it's a nice place. Is that subway tile? Looks like subway tile in your backsplash. It's quite nice. Yeah, it's subway tile, and then there's a little little pop above the above the stove. That's the same as around our fireplace. It's, mm-hmm. it's very exciting. It's fancy. <laughs> it's a nice place. Okay, so <laughs> so you've been friends for a while, roommates, co mortgagees for three years. Mm-hmm. Roommates doesn't imply ownership, and I want to make sure I. <laughs> anyway, you've been, you've owned this place together for three years, and then <clears throat> Tiff, what happened? Um, gosh, it's it's a funny. I don't know how to how much you want me to tell you, but like, whatever you want to tell. Because I, I, I find it a weird progression because I am a the ultimate procrastinator, and like. I worked for a company for years and I still, it's basically the same company, but it, I was an employee and then we had in health insurance and I, you know, I would go, I say every year, not really every year. I go, you know, get a basic health screen every year and should they'd be like, you know, you need to get a mammogram. You're in your forties. And I'd be like, yeah, okay, I will. Sure. Um, but I never did <laughs> because I procrastinate and I only want to go to the doctor for like my blood work for my thyroid. And that's, 
I just want everything to be fine. So, and it really just was through my forties and, and then last year, uh, my boss sold the company to a, a bigger company and that put us into, um, independent contractors. And by the way, no health insurance. And I was like, Oh crap, now I got to get my own. And I just didn't. And I was like, well, I'm fine. I'm, I'm a healthy person. This is what I tell myself. And I think I am basically. And, um, so when my thyroid medication finally ran out, I was like, Oh, I feel really crap. I really need to go somewhere. And now I'm going to have to get some health insurance and find a doctor to do my blood work and blah, blah, blah. So that was kind of the impetus of getting health insurance to do that. And so I went to my first appointment and she's just a nice doctor. And she's like, okay, I'll prescribe your thyroid. But if I asked you to get a mammogram, would you, I mean, you're 50 now. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I guess if you'll schedule the appointment for me, I guess I will. So, <laughs> So she did, and I went to it um, beginning of October, October 6th. Yeah, I went. Not that Lauren's keeping track, but. <laughs> I don't have to remember everything because Lauren remembers all the things. <laughs> She's my memory. Um, <laughs> so I went and got a mammogram, and she's like, okay, well, you know, um, they might ask you to come back for um, an ultrasound. Don't be alarmed. It's okay. It's like, oh, okay, that's, you know. Right. And I tootled off to my life and then they called and said, you know, we would like you to have a, an ultrasound. So I did that the next week on the 13th. I remember saying to Lauren, I was like, oh, that's a perfect day to find out you have cancer. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Laughing. Yeah. Don't say well, and can I interject in here? I had gone to visit my parents, which this whole year of 2020, we have been pretty darn locked down and very good about staying isolated. And I was like, my parents are doing a good job of being isolated and I miss them and I'm going to go see them. So I went to see them the weekend between the 6th and the 13th. And, uh, I was there from Saturday to Monday and, uh, my dad got COVID and found out while I was there that he Mm -hmm. had COVID. And I was like, oh, the irony (laughs) of me doing everything I can to protect my parents. And then I'm exposed by them. Typhoid bond. Yeah. Yeah, Which means I come home on the 12th and she has an ultrasound on the 13th. But because I don't know whether I'm positive, I'm keeping my distance. Like we're wearing masks in the house Mm -hmm. and staying far apart. And I can't like sit by and pat and I need, no all, I need all the hugs and I can't have any. Yeah. So. Can I interject? Yep. Here? Our daughter just came home from school a, a week and a half ago. And because, you know, my oncologist said, wait, five days before she gets tested because we've had false positives for up to five days. They did the testing. Normally the testing takes you 24 to 48 hours to get back. They told her, it's four to seven days. So we just now this morning, she came home on the 14th, just now this morning, like an hour and a half ago, got the news that she's negative so she can take off her mask. Because I mean, I have only hugged her like three times because I've hugged her with my mask when I was about to go shower, you know, whatever. Cause I talked to my oncologist again this week. I'm like, this is nuts. They said, we'll do this and blah, blah. So it's been, I get it because you're just like you want to be there. Yeah, well, and and you can't. No, and we didn't know how scary it was going to be. We were like, <laughs> yeah, you don't have cancer. Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. Jeez. I know, crazy. Then I went and got a biopsy, and 
the next week, the 21st of October, and then they called on the 23rd. Okay, yeah, that is malignant. And And did you say you suck? Because I have the tendency to say that sometimes (laughs) to them. And I've I've had to watch that. I mean, and I'd be like, I mean, this sucks. You don't suck, but this. Mm. I get it. I was like, oh, okay. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. All right. Thank you. She goes into hostess mode and wants everyone to feel comfortable. Oh, I'm right. sorry you had to give me that terrible oh, thank news. Thank you for telling me that. Oh, yes. All right. I know. I can hear my voice going into like polite. Oh, uh huh. All right. Oh, sure. No, you have a good day too. Great. Oh. Yeah. What an idiot. <laughs> no, but that's that. I think as women, particularly, that's the default. Yeah. The default is, oh, we go into manners mode. I don't want and, so uncomfortable telling me right. news, so yeah. I will act okay with it. Even as your voice gets higher and higher mm-hmm. and higher. Mm-hmm. And normally, the way I run with stuff is I catch the ball and I run. Like, I deal with what's in front of me. And then later I go, whoo, look at that. But I happened to be upstairs when the phone call came mm-hmm. through and I sat down in her chair and in her office and listened in and I understood it and felt it immediately, which was weird for me, but I was able to understand it. Right. And I'm oddly grateful for that um, because I was able to go, Oh no, this is, this is serious. And I, I'm glad to be sitting by you. And so that you're not hearing this by yourself. Same. Yeah. Yeah. So I, yeah, I don't know. Then off to the races with all the, that was the, On the appointment. Yeah, that was a Friday. It was a Friday afternoon, and uh, and I, I. That's worse. Yeah, because then you know you've got the weekend to wait. I hate yeah. that. Well, they called in the morning to say we're reading the results. We know that it's malignant. We don't know very much more than that. Um, but I'll call. I didn't want you to wait, and I'll call you when I know more. So the nurses called at least a couple of times that day. Okay. The second one when. When the the second call came through, the nurse was saying, um, "So we we've, we've known it was malignant all day, but we know a little bit more now, and was giving a little bit more information about its size and a little bit about its chemistry and what that means and what it might mean and how you know just a little bit of like an anatomy lesson. Like here's what the inside of your breast looks like. It looks like a tree. There's a trunk and there's leaves. We don't know if it's in the leaves or in the trunk. Meaning they didn't know if it was ductal or, or lobular." But she also said, it won't make a difference in treatment. We're going to get it out and we're going to treat you. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'm sitting there and I was supposed to teach lessons in the afternoon. And I am, you know, professional. (laughs) And it was getting closer and closer to my lesson time with my with my first afternoon student who is an adult. And she's a friend of mine and I adore her. And, you know, I'm I. I don't miss my lessons, (laughs) but as the phone call stretched from 30 minutes closer to 45, I'm texting my student. I'm like, listen, I need a minute. Anyway, so I was like 15 minutes late. Um, Yeah, I told, you know, and I was already planning in my head as I'm listening to this crazy news to like reschedule her, which anyway, so it's traumatic for me in every way, like traumatic, you know, because this I don't do this professionally, but also, holy cow, what are you saying? Anyway, so I pull myself together. I go downstairs to where I've been teaching and I turn on my camera and I sit down and I have my guitar and I smile at her and I'm like, Hey, and she goes, Hey, and, and, um, and then I start to cry. 
<laughs> I think that's a very normal reaction. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm sorry. <laughs> so I rescheduled hers and then taught the rest of my afternoon after I got my home together. I always tell people I need 24 to 48 hours to be bitter and resentful and upset and process. Usually it takes me less than that. But if you tell me, well, it could be worse within the first 15 minutes of receiving bad news. Number one, I want to pop you upside the head. Number two, I don't because my parents raised me right. But the thought is there. That impulse is there. <laughs> and number two, you don't get to feel the feelings. And, and yeah. I was telling uh, the therapist, Kev my, Kev, my husband, when when I got diagnosed, he's like, we need to get established with a therapist right now so that whatever comes up, we've got somebody everybody in the family is comfortable with to go to. And we have. We've all gone, except for our oldest son who was out of state. And so Sharon's like, I'm like, but I don't want to feel anxious. And I don't want to feel, you know, I had some side effects from medication that didn't go well. I don't want to feel this. She's like, I understand that you don't want to, but the more you try to push that down, the more it's going to come back to bite you. So if you can just let yourself feel those things that you hate, yeah, you will move through them more quickly. And I have known that intellectually for a long time, <laughs> but to know it, I'm tapping my head. Now I'm tapping my heart to know that emotionally and feel that on that level. That was in this experience, I think the first time and, and, you hear all those things people say to you, you need to give yourself time, you need to do this, whatever, whatever. And you understand them intellectually, but until you can integrate them emotionally, you're still just kind of barely dog paddling to try and stay afloat. Yeah. yeah. It's true. I think there are just some things that you you think you will prepare for. And, oh, well, I can do these things to prepare and I can do this to prepare myself. And it really some things you just you can't prepare for until you're actually doing it like yep. mm -hmm. and then you're like oh all the things i thought that would prepare me are not <laughs> it's it's different yeah and that's okay too i so, yeah i and i don't think the preparation is bad because some of the things i had prepared for did help mm -hmm. but there are other things that you just can't even yeah. wrap your head around or your heart around or whatever until you're right in the middle of it yeah or even like sometimes some or after like years after i call it my personal book of scripture let's see let's go back to the year 20 you know like what did i i still learn things from from tiffany chapter 20 chapter 20 what an idiot but, <laughs> you know i can still go Okay, I, I I can see that in a different light now, and yeah, yeah, lots of, lots of learning. So let me ask you this: um, What, like these? You've been through three, three. chemo. Mm -hmm. Okay, out of twelve, is that right? Twelve, yeah, one left. Okay, mile. one left. <laughs> no, that's awesome. <laughs> that's awesome. Okay, so what what has surprised you? in these first three. And I know some of the stuff because we've talked about it, but for other people, what's been surprising about these first three or, or, you know, different than your expectation going in? Um, do you know, it's funny. I mean, obviously when you hear the word chemo, you're going to need chemo and you think, whoop, that sounds way more serious than I thought this was. I, I thought that feels like we're in a different place. And so your expectation is 
obviously you read all their literature and I'm on Taxol and um, Herceptin. So you read all the literature and you think, well, these are the side effects and this could happen in mouth sores and, you know, neuropathy in your hands and feet. And, you know, obviously I zone in on the things that concern me, nausea and all the things. And I think, okay, well, that's going to be terrible. And how am I going to prepare for that? Um, And so, yeah, I, I thought that I was prepared for all of those things. And what has surprised me is, how how well my body has taken it so far um I wasn't prepared for that I guess (laughs) and that sounds really dumb like really you're not prepared for how good you feel um but aren't you waiting I was waiting for the other shoe to drop with some of this stuff because I was like I'm not projectile vomiting yeah so I have like mild diarrhea and mild tummy troubles and maybe my joints ache sometimes, but like I still have my hair and days after I still feel fine. Um, yeah. And so I feel like, wow, I, I don't know how to take that. I'm just, I feel lucky so far. And I guess I'll count this as a win for myself in the first three and, I don't know how it's going to be going forward, but yeah, it feels like when's it going to get bad? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. When is it going to be like, I'm not going to be able to take it. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. <clears throat> it's a little bit like um, in, in, in when the lockdown happened in March and then April tips work dried up. Mm-hmm. Like there was no work for her in April because she's it's because it just, it, nobody had figured out how to do it. How do you do a remote depot? Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Um, meanwhile, Tiff's the court reporter. Yeah, co- yes. Yeah. Court stenographer. What's the right word? Court reporter. Court reporter. Okay. Yeah. And so my workload went up. So my stress level went up with my workload as I figured out how to teach lessons online. And Tiff's stress level went up because her workload went down. So all of April, she's like, got time to finish a quilt that she started and hang out with her mom and wonder when she was going to have work again. It was not relaxing. It didn't feel like a vacation. That's a little bit how it is right now where like you feel good, but you know, you've got nine more rounds of infusions and that your body's going to bounce back slower each time. And when, you know, are you going to have the same kind of week next week as you had this week? We don't know. So it's, it's hard to enjoy how good. Yeah. Limbo's limbo's a very uncomfortable place. Totally. Yeah. I know that we're trying. I don't live well in the unknown. (laughs) (laughs) The unplanned and the unknown is very uncomfortable for me. (laughs) How long, how long after surgery? Cause you had a lumpectomy, oh, right? Yes. So we had, a, so how long after? I had a lumpectomy November 10th, 11th, <laughs> November 11th. I'm going to defer to Lauren on that. Tip. <laughs> no. Yeah. Well, I totally was. was it? it was okay. 10th. Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm like getting the book out. <laughs> oh, great. Now they've got to validate. This is awesome. <laughs> Totally the tent. Totally I'm the totally tent. wrong. <laughs> yeah. They wow. chemoported in, they took the lump out, and they did a, a lymph node. Um, I'm like pointed at all the places. They did a lymph node um, biopsy. Where's your port? Uh, right. Yeah, that's where mine yeah. was. See my scar? So, yeah, left side under her clavicle. Is it feels the port. like a weird alien. I can't, that's, I can't get used to that. That's, 
I'm constantly like, is that still okay? Yeah. yeah. Like that's, and it'll, the scar tissue will kind of, the gray, like granulated tissue will kind of lock around it. It'll feel less okay. kind of fluid in there. I, I don't, you know what I mean? Weird, yeah. Like I this, don't know what you mean. And I'm grateful. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's literally the first time I've ever had an operation or been put under or anything else. I'm like, wow, this is weird. Yeah. They did it all at the same time though, right? They did the port when they, okay. Yeah, they did all of it. So. Yeah. Um, after the 10th, then I didn't start chemo until it was going to be the 2nd of December. That's um, right. But I, I had a, a lot of fluid on my, um, lumpectomy site. So she wanted me. Oh, that's right. So I, I remember that. Yeah. What day of the week do you go? Wednesday. Okay. Yeah, I always wanted it to be Friday so I could have the weekend. And my oncologist is like, no way. I want it on Monday. So if you have any reaction, I know about it and I can treat you here and you don't end up in the ER. And I was like, okay, "Eh, fair point. (laughs) Okay, but (laughs) yeah, it's, yeah. So I feel like it's, I just feel really lucky. It's gone really well so far. And but I think that's important for people to know that you don't, like I said, Im- immediately start projectile vomiting the minute it hits your veins. You don't. Yeah. 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 Some people, I actually, sorry, some people might. Yes. For yeah. example, on, on Wednesday when Tim yeah. was in chemo, tell it. I did. So it's, I have a friend who, maybe more of an acquaintance, I've just known her, known her also in her ward and um, she's friends with a lot of, you know, circle of friends. And people. We saw her the first time I went to see the surgeon. She was also, that was her first appointment. Hers is much worse than mine. And she went to get her chemo. She's on like four things, I think. And mm. she had a terrible reaction, rash all over her face. She spent the night in the ER because her, of her heart. And oh, it was, I know, just terrible. And she, she lost her hair that first weekend and sick the whole, like she does it on a, three week round. So it's not every week, but it's every three weeks. Um, and she hasn't had her lumps removed yet because they're too big and they're trying to shrink them. And I'm like, Oh, I'm so sorry. I am just, I'm just going to be quiet and not complain. Cause I feel, wow, that's it's bigger than it's bigger. It's, it's harder, bigger. but it's also like, it's, it's different and it doesn't yeah. invalidate when you have discomfort and you please have to tell people. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing is I think sometimes, you know, there was some guy in the chemo room who was, my chemo room was a quiet chemo room. People didn't really talk much, yeah. but my friend and I were always talking and laughing. So, <laughs> so one time she, she had to walk out and do something, make a phone call or something. And um, there's this older gentleman there and he's telling me how he was like, like his tear ducts got infected and all this other stuff. And I, and I felt so sorry for him. And at the same time, I'm like, please shut up. I I really, it's like, I am so genuinely sorry that you were going through that. And please don't put that in my head because I don't need that, you know? And it's, it's a, as someone who cares about other people, Mm -hmm. it's a really weird it's another one of those limbo in between spaces to be in that's really hard to kind of negotiate yeah 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 and in the same way that Tiv hasn't felt sicker or worse it's weird 
to allow people to love on us and serve us, except for it's so important and helpful yes. and lovely and holy cow, holy I, cow, it's been good. Yeah, I, that's the, I think that's the other piece of it is just feeling the love of other people, like, you know, and I, this is going to sound weird, like as a single person in the church, and I'm sorry, this is so specific to a religion, but like, but I think people in, in various religions can identify that. Like as a single person in the church, like you're not having babies and you're not having sick children and you're not having like reasons for people to come to your house and bring you meals or be extra concerned about you because of like a member of your family is sick. It, like it's just you. And if you're just generally healthy and fine, there's no reason for anybody to come and be like, Oh, here, let us bring you dinner. And I was like, I think this is the first time in my whole life. Anybody's ever come to my house and brought me dinner. And that feels so <clears throat> lovely and yet, like, oh my gosh, you guys, what are you doing? This, I, it's, it's so, it's so strange to, yeah, to feel that. But I feel like it, maybe that's part of the, the, the part that comes with this particular journey is to, to, to feel the love of other people because it's easy for me to, to love others. That's not hard, but to feel the love of others is is difficult to receive sometimes. And I think maybe that, that's that's a purpose. And I uh, just have to appreciate that and go, okay, I can take that and appreciate it and let it buoy me up. So because it will get harder, yeah, it it totally will. But it's almost like that. Um, it's almost like that care and that concern and that love and the, the you know, my atheist friends, friends, I'm going to hold a good thought for you. And my yeah. agnostic friends, like I'm putting it out to the universe and other people, I'm praying for you, whatever. It's like that envelops you in like this mm -hmm. flannel or something that kind of buffers you a little bit when those things happen. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The good energy of people and the love that they have for each other and for you. And I just, yeah. And, and so I think I, I want to be able to focus on those things, on, on the good things and let that, because I'm generally a positive person and, you know, glass is half full and it'll be fine. And, and truly I, I do think it will. And that, that's just my general attitude of it might suck for a while. It's, it's still going to be okay. I'm... Yeah, because it's a thing you've got to do. It's not who you are. It's a thing you got to do, uh, right? Yeah. It's, yeah. My body has this thing, and I'm just going to go help it take care of it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I get that. And and I just, I don't know about you, but I, um for my thing in particular, and it's because it was weird and rare and nobody else really had it, and the odds were so not great. Like 5% window, you got a 5% window. I was just like, well, okay, I'm not going to look at the message boards and whatever else, because for me, that wasn't helpful. Yeah. Some people it is, that's great. But for me, it was all really negative. And I'm like, yeah, mm, I don't need that in my head. No, mm -hmm. no, no, no. And so it, even though this is a weird journey and, and 
<clears throat> it's so abnormal in so many ways and it's going to be short. Um, we got some good advice. I had a, a, a friend of mine, a previous client who had breast cancer a few years ago and she has, she is a couple of years past her chemo. She's all done. She's had a double mastectomy and reconstruction and she's done with chemo. She's on all the other maintenance stuff. And she said, you won't feel like taking pictures, but take pictures and also write stuff down. And so I mentioned the book a second ago. Here's the appointments that she's had so far on the first page. And then um, some other questions that we've had. But then I started writing kindnesses down. Yep. I had a book of good things. Just I like think we might have gotten this detail from you, actually. Yeah. So the kindnesses so far are stretching. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, more than eight pages. And I still have notes of things that I need to write down. Like, yeah, it's. And you write little. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I write small letters, but lots of them. True. <laughs> I'm really good at it. Very compact. Yeah. And, and, you know, even already, like when I first sat down to write the kindnesses, I was like, oh, I have like three people have bought, brought dinner and I need to write that down. And then I was like, oh, and, oh, and, oh, and. And so yeah. it's, and it's already, oh gosh, I look back and I'm like, oh yeah. Oh gosh. Yeah. I'm glad I captured that. Me too. Cause mm-hmm. yeah, I forget stuff. Yeah. Well, and our, our brains are on, how do you feel? Are you going to puke? How do you feel? What do you need? Do you, can, can, do you, can we go someplace or do you need to stay close to home? <laughs> And what's going to sound good? Yeah. You know, like what's going to sound good to eat? Yeah, because your taster is already starting to change. Yeah, taste is different. Somebody told me something the other day. Dang it. I'll find it. I interviewed this lovely woman in Australia who was 30 when she got diagnosed with breast cancer. And then I think that this thing that I use for long distance interviews, because it was one day her time and a different day my time, it, it did not look like it had saved the interview and I've, I've been working all week trying to find it I think I may have found a way to find it she told me something that helped with that metallic taste oh I will find it and I will I'll text you but um okay. but there are like tips like that from people and people are like oh do this and you know what vanilla usually works for you know if you just need a clean smell that isn't usually too offensive that's one and you know just yeah just I don't know. Or like the Kessler stuff for your mouth, Uh the magic mouthwash stuff. That's great. I mean, but it's interesting to me that people and some of the stuff they offered was just not stuff I was going to do. Let's put it that way. (laughs) But it was offered as a kindness and out of a desire to help and out of an abundance of concern. Yeah. Yeah. That's really lovely. It is really lovely. I love People are like, what can we do to help? This helped me. And, you know, it's, yeah. Yeah. Even some of my clients brought me a Christmas gift, but it had stuff in it for Tiff. Like, <laughs> one of my clients, the, the, uh, the one of the dad in that family, <clears throat> he's a physician. And what they brought me for Christmas was a basket for Tiff. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh my gosh. <laughs> I loved it so much (laughs) because all of them had to know because that's, you know, that changed the way I did um, our holiday performances. So 
right. we're not going to be inside because Tiff's immunocompromised. And so, so sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Felt terrible about that. It worked. It did work. Yeah. So, How are you doing with, okay, you said you felt bad about that. I really get that. I hate that something my body was doing is inconveniencing or um, taking away from, it's like this last week with my daughter. I mean, I hate that something my body's doing is taking away from other people's happiness or experience or whatever else. And I know it's natural. How are you doing with that in your head? That is, because oh. I've talked to you enough now to know <laughs> <laughs> that might be a thing. Yes, uh, that was really hard. Like when Lauren had to figure out a different way to do her end of year recital, which is doubly important at this point, you know, just being able to see her little people in person and the fact that she had to go way out of her way because they couldn't come in our house. Um, because of me, uh, that's, that's, that's a hard one. I hate to inconvenience anybody or make anybody change course because of me. Um, I still getting my head around that. Um, yeah. Tiffany would like to make no waves. Please. Thank you. Please none. Please no waves at all. I just want it all to be lovely and just flowing, go with yeah. the flow. It's fine. <laughs> Even to the point where um, she didn't want to inconvenience the nurses during chemo round two. Pardon me, I'm having some, I've got some discomfort. Oh. <laughs> oh my gosh, it hurt so bad. <laughs> it hurt so bad. But I was like, I'm sure there's probably some mild discomfort expected. I'm sure it'll be fine. This feels like the worst period cramps I've ever had. <laughs> and also my back really hurts. And so I got up to go to the bathroom. <laughs> she, I was just passing a nurse and I said, is it normal to feel really a lot of pain? And she goes, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, it's not. I'm like, oh, okay. Because all right. She goes, okay, well, what are you feeling? And I told her and she's like, Okay, we're gonna stop the we're gonna stop the trip right now. I'm like, oh, oh, we are. So it's like that kind of not normal. Oh. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, no. yeah. Um, all right. Yeah, yeah. No. Well, because I had to tell her like, you... <laughs> I'm such a smarty pants. I'm like, you're not hosting them. They... <laughs> They, they don't want to feel comfortable. They're doing a science experiment. They want to know all the things, all your observations. They want to know that. <laughs> they're doing science. You're, they're not at your party. I like that. They're doing a science experiment and they want to know all the things. Yeah. <laughs> well, because it, it's hard because you don't, I don't, you don't want to be that patient. Oh, no, Exactly. I just want to get in there. I want their job to be as easy as possible. I know they're like rushing around because it's, it's busy in there. Oh, yeah. And I don't want to be like, excuse me, ma'am. Excuse me. Excuse me. Could you? I feel like my ovaries are being torn out of my body right now. Can we please be normal? Is that okay? <laughs> Could you give me a warm blanket? Oh, my God. <laughs> it's just like, oh, no. <laughs> And they have a lot of, they have a lot of tips and tricks for helping with things. And that's what I realized. Um, So my, 
my regular oncologist that had been my oncologist before that was just doing checkups for the first cancer I had, her mom is her nurse practitioner, Mm. which is awesome. And Tulia, her mom, has been an oncology nurse for 25 years, 30 years. So, and and Anna's been in practice for, I don't know, 15 years, something like that. Anyway, but the team of them together were so great. And the nurses were always like, if there's a problem, Tulia, the mom, the nurse practitioner would be right in. She'd be like, okay, what are we doing? Like that time, I think I told you guys, I don't know if I've mentioned on a podcast yet, but I had a reaction the second time I got chemo because it was the time I would get one, one week, and then the next week I'd get that one plus another one. And then I'd have a week off. What was the first time I'd gotten the two together? And I'm like, I'm having trouble breathing and I feel really hot. My friend Sarah's like, Sarah, so low. She's like you, Tiff. Wants it to be nice and lovely, so low key. But she's like, "Um, excuse me, excuse me, we need someone here right now. <laughs> we need someone here right now." And she, I said, "You were so like assertive and so you know, just took charge." She goes, "Because I knew we needed somebody there who knew more than I did, like right now." Yeah, yeah. And then they had, you know, they fixed things, and then they were able to restart my drip in about half an hour. They gave me a buttload of Benadryl because I was real sleepy after that. But, oh, yeah. but I mean. They have ways of helping you deal with all this stuff, but they can't help you if you don't tell them you're experiencing discomfort yeah. or pain, you know, <laughs> just throwing that out there. <laughs> That's true. That's true. And they slowed my drip down the next week and it was fine. I mean, and her ovaries did not catch fire. They did not. <laughs> they were totally fine. <laughs> yeah. I'm not a doctor, but I hear that that's a good sign. <laughs> I think it is. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> Yes, she, you know, yeah, I don't, I don't like the Benadryl and I don't like the steroids, but, but it worked. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the thing. So, geez, I don't know. There anything either of you, um, wish you'd known ahead of time or you do differently at this point? Well, not, not yet. The thing I wish is that I could go with and sit by her during chemo, but I can't because no. of COVID. COVID. Um, so COVID chemo has got to be a whole other class of just ridiculousness. It's so stupid. I can drop her off and pick yeah. her up. But here, the one other thing I'm grateful for is that we don't live very far from Tiffany's parents. And so yeah. Tiff's mom does does a lot of the help. She's fantastic. She does. She's been so good. I mean, yeah. Cause it's a lot of running around. I mean, it is. Yes. It's a lot of running around. There's going to be Benadryl. So she probably shouldn't drive because how are you going to feel today? Probably the same as last week, which is okay, but we don't know. Mm-hmm. So, and also, you know, I still have to work. You got to work. <laughs> I know. So, and my appointments are, at a set time and it's important that they're boom, 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 right where they belong. So I can't think of anything. I wish I had known. I, I mean, I probably should have gotten a mammogram earlier. <laughs> my oncologist was not impressed that my first mammogram was at 51. She was like, really? <laughs> really? But it was so little when they saw it and it was so fast growing. If you had gotten a mammogram yeah. six months ago, was it there? Well, I don't know. I know. Would they have even seen it? I, I don't know. Between but. imaging and surgery, between the time they first saw it and when they took it out, it grew by like 50%. Wow. 
Jeez. Yeah. It was about a centimeter. And then when they took it out, it was a little bit more than a centimeter and a half. It was Mm -hmm. 1.6. Tiffany, do you concur with that number? Because now I don't know that I trust the (laughs) 1.6. I believe so. I mean, those are probably approximate measurements, but I (laughs) definitely did get a little bigger. That's, that is what the surgeon said. So I'm going to, I'm going to give her that. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Well, and she also said the surgeon that the imaging tends to, um, it's, 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 it's imprecise. So it may have underestimated the size a little. And they said it was almost a centimeter. It was like a centimeter by a centimeter by almost a centimeter, which is just slightly smaller than a cubic centimeter. But then when they took it out, it was 1.6. I don't know if she was counting, the margins included or if she means the lump is also we were talking last night what does a lump look like does it look like a lump of fat is it yellow is it what color is it what depends what it is i'll text you guys a picture of the tumor they took out of my heart oh yeah like not now but like later (laughs) when we're done yeah see i want to see all that stuff because i'm I have two. I have that the heart lump, and then I have the one they removed from my leg, which was totally benign. But the one they removed from my leg last week, and they look very different. Mm. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I want to. I want to yeah, see, see that for sure. Okay, like I don't get grossed out by that stuff. I find it interesting, but some people would be like appalled. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I totally find it interesting too. It's like this, then just hiding out in your body, and you're like, I'm sorry, what is that? <laughs> You don't belong here. Yeah, you mean, um, like you don't belong here. Yeah, the interloper is what we've the called interloper. the loper. I like that. The port is named Ripley because yeah. <laughs> it's an alien. It's an alien. <laughs> I know. Hopefully it doesn't come out when she needs to. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> no, thank you. Okay. Um, what else I going to ask you? Uh, so, so far, what are the biggest things that each of you have learned? Oh. Um. I know I should have thought about this before, Heidi. <laughs> you're asking me the question. And if there's nothing yet, it's okay that there's nothing yet. If you're just in the, because you're in the middle of it, sister. I mean, you can just say pass. <laughs> you know, that people love you. I, I, yeah, I think that's that's the lesson so far that I've learned. Is that I'm lovable, <laughs> apparently. You're not just lovable, you're loved, Tiff. Two different things. You're both. Yeah. And that's, I know that shouldn't seem eye-opening, but it's, that's really, really wonderful. And uh, I've learned that I can sit in the unplanned and the um, unknown. I can do that. Even if you hate it every minute. Even if I hate it, it, it's okay and I can do that. Um, And I can still live my life and I can still, I can still function um, in in that space. And so far that's okay. I don't know. Nothing profound, I guess. No, I think those are both very profound things. Yeah. Lauren? Um, I think one thing that's new is, you know, a more visceral understanding of what's important. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you talked earlier, Heidi, about understanding something intellectually, but it's different when you would ex- experience it. Mm-hmm. So clearly I knew TIFF was important to me. I was like, 
willing to share a mortgage with this person and share space with this person all the time. I am an introvert and I need my alone time. Like when we were house hunting, it was like, yeah, but is there space for us to be alone? Like how many living spaces are there? And so, you know, that was, that was an important thing. And so I knew that I understood that I had made life choices based on that understanding, but it's, but it's different to go, Oh, Oh no. (laughs) <laughs> this is not yeah. okay. Yeah. So a lot of my happiness <clears throat> depends. Yeah, it's based around you and the things we do and relationship and mm-hmm. yeah. Well, and yeah. I, you know, I had I was going to go see my parents again in November, but no, no, I canceled that, and I'm seeing no one for Christmas except for the people that are already in our. Yeah, I guess people are in your bubble. Uh, yes, I've been saying bubble. Yeah, oh. in our bubble. Yeah. Um, and and that's hard. Like my sister in town, I'd like to see her a lot more, but I don't see people in person, which was also kind of why it was a big deal to have my students come to my driveway and perform their holiday music on my driveway because I hadn't seen most of them in person since March, and it was so good to see them in person even though we all had masks on and we were staying far apart and it was outside and it was chilly because it's Colorado and it's December but um that was also part of part of <laughs> yeah it was part of the- I can't play. <laughs> there was a little bit of oh my goodness it's hard to play I had a pair of brothers playing Carol of the Bells on piano and guitar and it was adorable because teenage boys are adorable but yeah. uh yeah, their their hands were a little chilly. But you guys found a way to do it. Yeah. I think part of that that ingenuity, I think you figure out the workarounds when you have to. Yeah. Absolutely. Do. And being rooted in the visceral, real understanding of this is important to me. And because it's also important to you, it gives strength and stability. And it's easy to do harder things when there's that. And, you know, there were times when I lived alone and I didn't have... Uh, you know, and I wondered, hello, hello, does anybody know I'm here? Um, and so I recognize how fortunate we are, how lucky we are, how good this is. And because I've had it not. Yeah. Well, and your friendship, I mean, just talking to you guys together, Lauren and I haven't talked, talked maybe once or twice in the last like 30 years, right? <laughs> 20 years something. I accidentally called you the night before Tiff and I went to Los Angeles in 2012 to see Barbara Streisand. I was up late. <laughs> was that what it was? Because I just remember. Okay. Anyway, we, it was fun. It was fun. I was like, oh, hi. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. But okay. Yeah. Not exactly. But but just we've talked a lot more in the last four or five weeks than we have in decades. And it's just the friendship you guys have is really something amazing. And I just love it. Me too. It kind of is. It, it really just is a, um, yeah, it's just a special friendship. Like one of those kind of relationships you think, I didn't think I would ever have that. You know, especially just being a single person, you know, you expect that your close relationship would be like a marriage relationship. And that just doesn't happen for either of us. But we get to have this friendship. Mm-hmm. So, and still get to spread out all the way across my bed if I want, because yeah. I don't have to share that. Space. I don't have to ask her how to spend my money. Margaret's killing me right now. Never You're killing me right now. <laughs> That's right. You're killing me. Yeah. <laughs> Best of both worlds. <laughs> 
you get a king size bed, ladies. That's how it works. <laughs> I can be on both sides. Doesn't matter. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. So last couple of questions. Yeah. Bucket list items for each of you. Just pick a tell me a couple of your highest rated bucket list items. Mine is ridiculous, so I'll go first. Okay. <laughs> oh, listen, listen to the interview with my radiation oncologist. He says it at the end. And I if you beat him, I will let you know for the ridiculous okay. meter. Well, it may not be as ridiculous as that. I don't know what it is yet because it just came out this morning. But um, my bucket list item is to skinny dip in all the major bodies of water on the planet. Okay. I don't think that's necessarily ridiculous. (laughs) I think I have... But I only have, I don't have all of them, but I've have some, let's say. Well, I'm fairly private, Heidi. <laughs> Ask them, what, what the heck did that mean, Lauren? <laughs> no, I mean, like, <laughs> I mean, being naked in a semi-public place is. Um... There's a whole method. We can talk later. <laughs> if you swim out far enough and you have an easily removable, well, that thing, is then you can technically skinny dip. Yes, yes. Place That's how I, then I did swim out with my suit on and then I took it off and held it above my head and <laughs> Tiff was like waved it as a banner. Yes. <laughs> she dipped her butt in the water in Iceland. <laughs> I mean <laughs> now that takes commitment. I don't know. <laughs> but I am counting the North Atlantic because of that. I would. I think that's fair. It's Iceland. Yes. It's a sake. Okay. Tiff. <clears throat> um I really want to go to the Maldives and stay in one of those over the water huts and just like all you see is the ocean around you. And I, for sure I would skate it there, but I just, uh, to me, that is like, I really want to do that. That's the place I want to go. I mean, probably most of my bucket list would include just travel somewhere. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. I'm sad about not traveling. <laughs> um, but yeah, probably Maldives yeah. over the water, bungalow, Tra- and travel, and that's that's part of why we bought our house together so that it would free up our other resources and yeah. we can travel and travel. Yeah. So, oh yeah, Christmas shopping was hard, kind of, because I didn't want it to be. She's received a lot of lovely things from a lot of lovely people. And so it would be easy to stay in that vein of here's more stuff because you have cancer. (laughs) 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 I don't know if you remembered in the last four seconds, you have cancer. So your Christmas present is going to be about you having cancer, except no, it's not. So that was, uh, that was like important to separate. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think so. Okay. Um, your favorite places to be doesn't have to be one. Could be two, three. It could be a scene, or it could be an actual locale. Mm-hmm. Uh, favorite city is probably London. Anywhere in London, I love to be. I could just be sitting in a park in London. I love it. I could be on the tube in London, and I love it. True. But I also really love my bed. <laughs> That's my other favorite place. <laughs> Better London. Yeah. I don't think those are mutually exclusive. I can be done. For sure. Um, I, uh, piano bench for me, mm. because that is where I lose track of time. Um, and uh, so that or vacation. Mm. <laughs> I love to be 
I love to be up. Part of what's fabulous about London is when we are there, it means that we are on vacation. Yeah. So. I've only been to Heathrow, so I have not oh. been to London, London. Well, we will. So, let's go. <gasps> let's do it. Want to? Because there's still a lot of stuff we haven't seen. So many. <laughs> <laughs> I want to go back to Italy too. Kevin and I are going to Sardinia. That's our next Italy trip. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. would love that. Yeah. Well, I really appreciate you guys doing this. I know because Tiff, you're in it. And I think, I really think there's value for other people of talking to somebody who's in it. And I, I realize that means being vulnerable and kind of putting yourself out there. And I just want to say thanks. Well, th- yeah. Thanks for even asking me. I, I, this whole time I thought, I don't know if I have anything to say. I mean, I'm just kind of working through it. I, and one hour later, I think you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. and 12 years later, I also think she's wrong. <laughs> I got to go with Lauren on this one. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the Tiff always thinks, oh, I only have a little bit to contribute. It's not even a big deal. But yes, it is. And it's wonderful. And the other funny thing is, that's how her mother is, too. Tiff, Tiff's mom is always like, oh, it's nothing. I just did a five-course meal and made you an outfit oh, from my sewing room. I just made you this beautiful quilt. I mean, it's not perfect. Except it basically is. Except it basically is. Yeah. And... <laughs> And so that is better, but also she does it. And I'm like, can you notice that what you do is good? Can you, can you feel that other people value that? Yes. Thank you. That's lovely. I, I will. She's so good at that now. Thank you. Lauren, she really has helped me. (laughs) I used to say something nice and she'd go, no. And then it would, my line was take it, just take it, just take it. (laughs) Take the compliment, ma'am. All right. Well, you guys are delightful, and um, you are. You are. (laughs) That's only because I'm here in this closet studio. Just take it, Heidi. I love it. I mean, thanks, Lauren. (laughs) See, so when we get done here and close this out, I will text you tumor pictures because you're some people that I can do that to. Yeah. Okay. Love you guys. Love you. Thanks. Thank you. So obviously Tiffany and Lauren are delightful and I really appreciate Tiff being willing to talk about this while she's going through it. I'm excited that it's a new year. And again, please look around, see if you can do something nice for somebody else. Count your blessings and make it a really great week. Thanks for listening. Mm -hmm.